yeah, it's another week and another podcast. It's the Carlos Ortega Podcast. I am Carlos Ortega, the final show of season one. Got lots of interesting things to talk about, but you know, it wouldn't be a podcast without the one and only Billy Dockett. Let's go. Here he is. I love it. Interesting times in the city of Bridgeport, the United States of America, and all across the world. So it seems to be interesting that when things happen locally, it affects everybody nationally. So it's going to be interesting how this election will come out. In the wake of all that has happened in the city of Bridgeport, there comes a time where somebody takes out their shovel, digs the hole, and buries somebody with it. And those people who were buried are Maria Pereira, Michael Filippo, Michelle Lyons, and it shouldn't be that way. But this is what happens when someone in the city council wields its power and it's something that shouldn't take place especially in a city like this which has way too much going on we have a police chief former who's been arrested we have a personnel person arrested facing charges we'll see a judge one day maybe sooner but it's now the city council president. Idi, if I say your name wrong, I'm sorry. A-I-D-E-E Nieves wielded her power to make committee assignments, reassign them or give them to somebody else. And that reeks of something that 
nobody, and I mean nobody, should see for people who get just $9,000 in a stipend and work for the city of Bridgeport. That should not take place. If you work for the city and you think your boss or your job is more important than to assign somebody different committees, you should not be in the council. So, here's what happened. And I'll go by Maria Pereira's post on Facebook. On Monday evening, as the city council meeting was on the verge of adjourning, City Council President Nieves requested the topic of the committee assignments be added to the agenda. It was clear to me her inner circle of this sneak attack and others were taken off guard. She announced she wanted to make changes to the committee assignments due to poor attendance and members not fulfilling their responsibilities. Without clearly defining the changes, she started rattling off a number of committees and members in rapid fire. It was impossible to capture the actual changes. This was intentional and cowardly. Instead, identifying the specific changes in clear, articulate manner, she instead chose to be a coward to try to disguise what was what she was doing. I realized soon that convicted felon, Ernest the Hat Newton, that's what I call him, was appointed liaison to the WPCA when I was liaison appointed in December that she was targeting me, meaning Maria Pereira. I asked her and she had just removed me from all my committees. She responded, yes, I did. Quote and end of quote. I asked, based on what reason? I have the best attendance of every single council member, not just within my committees, but every committee. No one is more prepared and research for every meeting, city council president said. Well, quoted in a quote, well, you don't work well with others. And she stated, quoted in a quote, this is so petty and childish, and all you will do is make me a martyr. And that's what pretty much she did. She made her a martyr. Why? She called him out on a lot of shit. She called him out on what was going on with the police chief, the lawyers, and so forth. That's her job. As she gets that $9,000 a year stipend. That's her job. And this is what she gets for doing her job, representing the people. And this is the thanks she gets. No more committees. That's fucked up. Without further debate or motion and move to vote the question, she suddenly called a vote. I only had time to vote in opposition, although Yvette Bradley called for a roll call vote, and I agree we needed a roll call vote, the entire motion and discuss the vote was unclear, confusing at the point we had no idea who was still in the call. 
She denied the request for a roll call vote. The city council president and her puppets orchestrated this form of retaliation and vindictiveness and punishment for being fiercely independent, not controlled, intelligent, articulate, thoroughly prepared, and well-researched, honest, ethical, and principled, which is everything they will never be. Therefore, it drives them crazy. That's what you do for representing your people and your constituents in the 138th district. That's what you're supposed to do. But they don't see it that way. They don't. And that's bad for business. It wasn't until after the meeting that I realized that Mike DeFilippo was removed as co-chair of the Budget and Appropriations and replaced with convicted felon Ernest the Hat Newton, who pled guilty to numerous felonies and was sentenced to prison for soliciting bribes and pled guilty to three other additional felonies in 2019, who now has power over $500,000 in taxpayer funds who thinks this is a good decision? Wait a minute, $500 million. I beg your pardon. Michelle Lyons was also removed as longtime co-chair of the Public and Safety. I think it, it's a committee. That's what I know. City Council President and her puppet's actions were flagrant violation of the law. Therefore, they're already preparing to sue the City Council President and possibly, possibly, the city council president. Here's the thing. If you're going to do this, you're going to set a very bad precedent. Very bad. For one reason. Number one, councilors are elected by the people. They need to have their voices heard. The voices of their districts are a little more important than yours. That's why we go to the ballot box every year. Every November. And we're going to do it again. And here's the thing that really drives people crazy, especially in Bridgeport. If you don't work for the city, if you don't own a restaurant, if you don't own some property, if you don't own anything that's city-related, you could be a teacher, you could do anything, you shouldn't be a member of the city council. You shouldn't. There's something for that. It's called a conflict of interest. And if you have a conflict, and I know a lot of you do, you should not be sitting there deciding the destiny of the city of Bridgeport. This woman, totally neutral, was calling it out as she sees it. And what happens? She gets the other end of the stick because not only her, Mike DiFilippo, Michelle Lyons, and a few more were told, you're not going to be on this committee. You're not going to be on that committee. And that, quite honestly, is bullshit. Total bullshit. This should not take place in the city. And I'll tell you why. You, as the city council, are no different than the House of Representatives, our state house. You, in the largest city in the state, you have to hold the mayor accountable. It's called checks and balances. And right now, your check and your balance 
is off. You shouldn't be doing this to people. These women and men are just doing their job. Their $9,000 a year stipend job. Wow. Imagine if being a city council person was a full-time job. How much we get as far as transparency. We're not going to get any of that anymore because for the life of me, we have to do the work of the mayor. And I'm sorry, if you have the city, meaning the full brunt of the Federal Bureau of Investigations over your head, I think the last thing I want to do is change committees. I think the last thing I want to do is rub people the wrong way. You shouldn't do that. But you did anyway. Why? Who knows? You may have gotten a higher calling from somebody. You may have. Who knows? You should not have done it. It just reeks of conflict. Just reeks of it. And it's not good at all for anybody. It's not good at all. It's not a good picture to look at. You want to, like, reconsider. But I think it's a done deal. You need to exercise something that it goes under holding the mayor accountable. Checks and balances. That's all. Checks and balances. That's what the people expect. That's what they, that's what they expect from you. And I'm not talking about the city council president. I'm talking about everybody from the mayor on down. Checks and balances. My mother once told me, and it's so true, that you can't have any friends at your job. Also, there are no friends at your job, which is absolutely true. There are no such things as friends at your job because that's where all the conflicts start. And that's where the problems lie. Where people say, I'm your friend. Maria Pereira was not your friend. She was representing the 138th. She was not your friend. She wanted to hold the mayor accountable. And it seems like to me the city council president is not interested in doing that. So Mike DiFilippo, Michelle Lyons, and a few more council people are now paying the price for that. This is what it takes to be a city council president and a city council member. Hey, I'm sorry. You could have it. Continuing on this, it seems to me that if you, as a human being living in Bridgeport, has the simple right not only to vote, but to see that everything, checks and balances on the mayor are put in, you shouldn't have a city councilwoman president to say otherwise. Assigning people to committees... Not having the right person in the committee like Ernie the Hat Newton. 
did she put her homework in and assigning this committee to Ernie Newton? I don't think she did. She did this because of vindictiveness. She did this because she wants ultimate power. And the ultimate power comes from being elected year after year, after two years, after four years, after any year. There has to come a point in time where this city doesn't do one thing. They don't do the polar opposite of what they're doing. It's called a cliche. You do the same thing over and over again, and you get the same results. That's what's going on here in Bridgeport. It's been going on for years. It is getting to be a cliche. It is getting to be bullshit, as I said. Because it doesn't have to take place. It doesn't. You need to understand one thing. One thing. And that is, you represent me. This woman. That woman. Husbands and wives. Same-sex couples. That's who you represent. You represent the people that also work in downtown that are trying to make a buck. And you're fucking it up. And you have no clue of what you're doing. You represent them. And if you don't represent them, well, guess what? In two years, in four years, however you want to call it, there's an election. You can get voted out. People will applaud that. People would say, yay, we're going to get this woman out of here, or man, or whatever. That's called consequences. These are consequences for what you have done. For all the nonsense that's going on in this city. This is what's going to happen. So, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to do the same thing that you've done year after year, day after day, night after night, hour after hour, minute after minute, second after second? You have to do something different. You can't do the same thing. You can't, after 20 years, get rid of the Bridgeport Bluefish in favor of a amphitheater that is still being built. You can't alienate the next-door neighbors. You can't. you got to find bigger and better ways. Bridgeport is not an attraction. You should know that by now. Going to downtown is not going to downtown. Stress Factory Comedy Club is nice. The Harlan Huss is nice. Rum and Tequila is no longer Tiago's. It's a nice place to go to. But you need to stop doing the same shit you've been doing for years. And you still do it. You want to make headlines. You can't make headlines by doing the same thing over and over again. That is the problem with this city. You want to make headlines. I'm not saying you want to, but you do. You do, and you're your own worst enemy for it. I, I, I just don't know why. I really don't know why. You need to look at other cities. I mentioned it many times. I'm not going to go through it again. But cities, Stanford, especially Stanford, creating jobs, getting jobs, Getting jobs to come here? How do they do that? You might want to take a little cue from the mayor of Stanford for what he has done 
the mayor of Waterbury for what they have done. Now, when I go to Waterbury and see, I ask people and they say, how have they done it? They say, well, so what? There's a Buffalo Wild Wings. There's so what? There's TGIs. There's so what's an Olive Garden, blah, blah, blah. And you know what I tell them? We don't have that. We don't have that. Because why? Why do you have that and Bridgeport doesn't? That's the question you should be asking yourself. Instead of doing this. Bass Pro Shops, nice. Who cares? Starbucks, nice. I don't drink their coffee. It tastes like nuclear waste. Chipotle, good food. T-Mobile, I have T-Mobile. Good service. But what else? What else can you, mayor, city council people, do about that? Bringing in people. And I'm not talking about jobs. I'm talking about people into the city. If you know what I mean, when you bring people in, that brings in money. Dollars. Webster Bank Arena is not opening anytime soon. There's not going to be a concert at the amphitheater anytime soon. So let's face some facts. Pretty much thanks to the pandemic. But you gotta be resourceful. You gotta have some resources. You gotta have some guts. You gotta have some goddamn guts. Why do places leave Bridgeport? Why? Why did a downtown supermarket close in Bridgeport? Do you ask that question why? You never ask that question. Why did a downtown supermarket leave Bridgeport or just close down? And one in New Haven, downtown New Haven, as a matter of fact, is thriving. Ever ask that question? You think people in downtown Bridgeport wants to go to Stop and Shop and Gallup Foods or Food Bazaar what have you to shop? No. They want to go to a local supermarket where they can get good prices, good food, get what they want, and go back home. But you're not seeing that in Bridgeport. You're not. You're not seeing that type of stuff happen in Bridgeport. You're not. And the shameful part about it is our city council, our mayor, thinks it's okay. They ultimately think it's okay. It's fine and Jim Dandy. Downtown Bridgeport looks like a ghost town. Like you walk into, you expect zombies to come out and attack. It shouldn't be like that. I keep saying this over and over again. I do. I do. I do. I say it over and over again. I get to be a broken record. and That's fine with me. But we need to push our resources in another direction where people in the city of Bridgeport can thrive. I remember 36 years ago, Downtown Bridgeport wasn't that bad. It was great. You had a mall. People were going in and out of the mall. And people were, they weren't scared. I'm not saying they're scared now. They were scared four years later. But they're not scared now. But you know what? They also see a dying downtown. Slowly dying. Because we have a city that doesn't give a shit. They should. Instead of saying, how do we bring, how do we bring jobs back? It should be, what do we do for the people? It's a simple thing. It shouldn't be, we can do this and then that. How about taking care of our tax structure? How about telling some of these building owners to stop charging an arm and a leg and a hand on rent? How about that? How about a property taxes? 
How about eliminating some property taxes? So we won't have to worry about this anymore. You need to, again, I'll say it again. You need to think outside the box. Nobody does that anymore. Nobody. And the thing about it is, do you really trust the city to think outside the box? Kind of hard. Kind of hard for them to think outside the box when they're only thinking about greed. As I said earlier, the city council president stripped many of the city council members of their committee memberships or appointments. That right there is greed. And what else? You had a police chief that cheated. You had a personnel director who helped them cheat. You have all this. And you gotta have somebody in who can say, I need to do this better. I need to do this better. Nobody hasn't stepped up and said that. Nobody. And that's the problem here. That is the hugest problem here. Well, you can build amphitheaters, you can bring Bass Pro Shops, Chipotle, Starbucks. Three radio stations decided to leave Bridgeport. Move the Milford. Nobody says a word about it. Why? Look up the 1996 Telecommunications Act. It'll answer your question. It'll answer why these stations leave Bridgeport and go to Milford. You'll get your answer there. And then you'll get a lot more answers than that. But it's a part of a big game that we're seeing right now. And it's not picking winners or losers. It's just picking winners. Just winners. There are going to be some winners. There are going to be a lot of losers. But just winners here. Because somebody has to win. And somebody has to lose. And right now, as we speak, because of the way the city council acts, we have a lot of losses on our ledger. And you could put a check mark on how the city council acted this past week. Let me ask a question, a very serious question, a question that deserves an answer. Do you still want the Bridgeport Police Department to be defunded? Do you really want it to be defunded? I mean, absolutely no money going towards the police department. If you do, I want you to tell two families why you want the Bridgeport Police Department to be defunded. Because they want answers to why their loved ones were murdered. You're not going to give him that answer, because you know why? You have your own selfish reasons for wanting the Bridgeport Police Department to be defunded, which means you would want the state police to investigate homicides, and I don't think you want that either. You will want the federal government to do it too. They have too much on their plate. So let's defund the police department. Let's do that. Let's defund the people who did me wrong. Tell two families that. 16 homicides in the city of Bridgeport, and you want to defund... The Bridgeport Police Department? You really want them to be defunded? Void of solving these murders? 16. That's 16 families who want to know, or maybe less, some may have been resolved, who want to know why my loved one was killed. No answer to that, huh? You have zero answers to that. It's great that you have an answer for one of your loved ones 
who may have been wronged by the police, and you want them to defund the police department. You have a big tent rally outside the Bridgeport Police Department to say, defund the police department, get some answers there. But I have about 16 unsolved homicides, maybe less. Those families want to know why, who, who did this to my relatives, my loved ones, my father, my mother, son, daughter. They want answers. And you certainly ain't going to give it to them. I want to defund the police department. Because I got news for you. Crime don't take any days off. Crime don't take vacations. Crime doesn't have personal time off. Crime doesn't have medical leave. Crime doesn't have good health care. Crime doesn't have shit. But you want to defund the police department. I got a good idea. For all you people that want to defund the Bridgeport Police Department, you go out there and resolve 16 homicides. Again, maybe less. Some of them may have been solved already. But you resolve them. You investigate. You guys find out who the person that was killed in Black Rock and the person that was killed in Union Avenue. Go ahead. Do it. Instead of going on, having a microphone in front of your face, saying defund the police department, go ahead. It's homicides. You don't want to do that. You want to run your mouth. You put a camera in front of you and say defund the police department. Families need closure. No matter what. You want to know who, what, and why. That's what the police are for. If you want to take away some money from the police department, I'm for that. Like tanks and Humvees and all that paramilitary stuff. I'm with you on that. But defund a whole entire police department ain't going to happen. Because like I say, crime doesn't take days off. You might take days off in protesting. You might take days off talking to the media. You might take days off bitching and moaning about anything that doesn't have anything to do with a homicide, a robbery, a burglary, a rape, assault, domestic dispute, anything that's above a felony, even a misdemeanor. You won't say nothing about that, but you will have your face on News 12, WTNH, NBC News Channel 3. You'll have it all over the place. Even the Fox News station, your face is plastered right there to say, we need to defund the police department. It ain't happening. You want the state police to do it? Okay. They got a lot on their plate. FBI? You're kidding me. Bill Cannon? Barney B. Jones? Harry O? By the way, for the record, look these up on Google. You'll know who they are. They're private investigators. You want them to do it? You want them to find out who killed who? Who robbed this bank? Who robbed this bodega? Who did that? You want to find out who they assaulted? You want to find out who they did whatever crime that's done out there in Bridgeport? Hiram, see how far you'll get. This is what I'm talking about. You're talking about people's lives. You're talking about people's anguish. You're talking about people who want answers. They don't need bullshit. They want answers. And so far, all they've gotten is running their mouth that's going on all over the country with police because sometimes and i said it before 99 percent of the police departments rank and file do a good job but it's that one percent that brings them back down that's where you come in and say defund the police department and that's fine that's great fodder but it doesn't resolve the main issue and that is and it's the issue 
How are you going to resolve 16 homicides? How? Your charm and good looks? Your charm and good looks don't get anywhere. Your charm and good looks don't solve homicides. It doesn't. You know what it solves? It solves people having the police department say, please investigate. Investigate why my son, my daughter, my child, who have you, was murdered. And it doesn't help that you want to defund the police department. Because you know, sometimes the simplest of things out there doesn't get called upon. You know, there's a friend of mine on Facebook who is going on and saying music goes on until wee hours of the morning and they call the police. They don't show up. You know why that is? Because you're calling for them to be defunded. Why should they go out on a call when it's bullshit call? It shouldn't be, but it's a bullshit call and they should take it. They don't need to be going out on bullshit calls. They got other things to resolve. So this is why we need the police department. As I said earlier, do they need a tank, paramilitary equipment? No, they don't. Those are things that they could not have with them. They don't need that. But they have it. I don't know why, but they do. So I want people to understand this. If you're going to defund the police department, instead of flapping your gums, saying this, saying that, tell us why you want to defund the police department. Tell them. Don't go in front of a camera and say, I want the police department to be funded. That's nice. That's great words. But give us the reason. And don't tell us how your family member was done and wrong. That's not going to help it either. Don't tell us that the police are bad. Hey, no kidding. The police are bad. That happens all over the country. There are bad police officers out there. They're not the 99% that do a good job. So don't say that. You want to defund the police department? Have a valid reason. Don't say, because my brother was done in wrong or my sister was done in wrong. Don't say that. Tell us a legitimate reason you want the police department to be defunded. Tell us. Don't stand there and say otherwise. Because it's not going to cut it. It is not. There's 16 family members who have homicides as a stat. Some of them have been solved. Many of them have not. And there are two more that are being investigated. So you really want to defund the police department. Please. Don't try to grab a headline. There are families that want answers. Legitimate answers. So I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear people flapping their gums just for the sake of a camera, a microphone. Because your mouth in front of a camera and a microphone ain't cutting it anymore. Because it's like, you're in front of that camera and you have that microphone in your hand. Well, not in your hand, it's right in front of you. And you're saying, we need to defund the police because blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. It's going to go in one ear and out the other. One ear and out the other. It's not going to cut it anymore. You have to say why. And 16 families are going to say, I want answers. I want answers to why my family member 
was murdered. You going to give him that answer? No, you're not. State troopers can't do it. FBI can't do it. Bill Cannon, Harry O, Barnaby Jones can't do it. And I know one thing, you can't do it either. So please, you wanted to fund the police department? Give us all a good reason. And in conclusion, it's been 45 days and the city of Bridgeport had to make a decision on the Christopher Columbus statue. Those 45 days came and went and we don't have the statue back up. And that's a shame. They had to make a decision. Now, for people who were for or against it, you could have your little celebration now. Because number one, the statue ain't coming back up anytime soon. And there's a reason why for that. Maybe because of the arrest of A.J. Perez had a little something to do with it. Or maybe Mayor Gannon decided to punt on putting it back up. Now, what do I mean by punting? Well, simply, in football, when it's fourth down and you either want to go for it or you punt, depending on the field position, you kick a field goal or go for it. In this instance, the mayor decided to punt. It was fourth and 10. They're getting stopped on downs. They said, eh, fuck it. We'll punt on this one. And sometimes that might be the best reason for it. And simply because this is an issue that's a hot button issue. The Christopher Columbus statue, because many people protested it, had it taken down, became the hottest hot button issue ever. If people looked deep in their history, and they saw some things. I have said it. I will say it again. Have a seance. Have Christopher Columbus rise back up. Have him say, Did you have a slave? If he says yes, fine. Go ahead. Take it down. Keep it down. Don't bring it back up. But nobody's going to do it. You might think what I'm asking is a funny idea, right? Have a seance. What the hell you have to lose? Gather all the people around. Have a person, a lady say, Did you have a slave? Way before George Washington had one. Every president in America before slavery was abolished had one. So I have no idea what to do about it. But here in the city of Bridgeport, Christopher Columbus, you're staying off and your statue ain't going back up anytime soon. <laughs> Thank you.
as quickly as you can say, when is the second season coming up? It will come up and you blink of an eye. Season one, yeah, it might be long, but we've had the pandemic and so forth. But season two, it's right around the corner. I need to take a break from doing this. A little break. I've taken a lot of breaks, by the way. But now it's time to say adios to season one. And in a few weeks, welcome season two of my podcast. So, I bid you adieu. And by the way, go vote. (laughs) 